0: Welcome back to this week's episode of the Periodical Podcast to all our valued listeners, and happy Thanksgiving. I'm your host, Kevin, along with my amazing co-host, Tavis here. How's it going? And we're here to talk about the upcoming OPEC Plus production cuts. As always, this will cover the content in this week's Periodical that I released this past Wednesday, November 25th. So without further ado, Tavis, take it away. So as I'm sure we all know, reduced economic activity related to COVID-19
1: really has caused changes in the energy demand and supply patterns in 2020. It will continue to affect these patterns in the future as a second wave of lockdowns has arrived. As reported previously, back in April, members of the OPEC Plus group came to the agreement to cut overall crude oil production by 9.7 million barrels per day for May and June, and from July through the end of 2020, cut production by 7.7 million barrels per day. Moving forward, they plan to cut production by 5.8 million barrels per day from January 2021 through the end of April 2022. Before production cuts were to be decreased in July, the group came together and determined it would be in their mutual best interest to continue output cuts of 9.7 million barrels per day in July to bring more stability to the global oil and gas markets. With a nearly 2 million barrel per day jump in the group's production just around the corner,
0: many are again calling for an extension to the current level of production cuts. So the group, OPEC+, met on November 17th during a technical meeting that ended with widespread support for a three-month extension for current levels of oil production cuts. Although global demand is returning worldwide, a second wave of lockdowns actually had other members favoring even more drastic measures, including deeper cuts, come January. While a plausible case can be made that the second wave of lockdowns may not completely derail the global oil industry as the first wave did, it will no doubt have an extended result on global demand returning to pre-pandemic levels. Even though many countries in the OPEC Plus group rely on oil revenues to support their national economies, the group will most likely continue overall production cuts at 7.7 million barrels a day instead of lowering to 5.8 come January. In order to understand why
1: OPEC Plus is considering extending output cuts, the global supply picture must be taken into consideration. According to analysts at the U.S. Energy Information Agency, or the EIA as you probably know it, global oil supply rose by 0.2 million barrels per day month over month to 91.2 million barrels per day in October. While this is welcome news for producers around the world that rely on oil revenues to keep their countries afloat, the group also estimates that world oil supply in November may rise by over 1 million barrels per day as the United States recovers from hurricanes and Libya continues to bounce back. This dramatic uptick is what the OPEC plus group is concerned with. If total production returns too quickly, it has the potential to rapidly disrupt the global oil industry and send markets into a tailspin. The EIA estimates that output from producers outside of OPEC Plus is set to fall by 1.3 million barrels per day in 2020 and rise by 0.2 million barrels per day next year, which includes U.S. supply falling by 600,000 barrels per day in 2020 and 655,000 barrels per day in 2021. While the overall picture remains promising, the short-term production implications are what have members of the OPEC Plus group
0: on edge. So similar to investigating the current level of supply, demand must also be considered so we can understand the balance between supply and demand of global petroleum. And this is where things get interesting. Weak historical data in the resurgence of COVID-19 in both Europe and the United States has led most major analytical firms to revise down their near-term global demand outlook. OPEC, for example, noted global oil demand is projected at 90 million barrels per day this year, a drop of nearly 11 million barrels per day for the year compared to their January projections, with expected growth of 6 million barrels per day next year. Similar to the projections of OPEC, the International Energy Agency, or IEA, predicts global oil demand will be 91.3 million barrels per day for 2020, which is 8.8 lower than their 2019 projections and actually below the average levels from 2013. Furthermore, in 2021, the IEA expects demand will recover by 5.8 million barrels per day up to 97.1, about 3 million barrels per day below pre-COVID levels in 2019.
1: While 2020 and 2021 averages paint bleak pictures, it is important to note that global petroleum stocks fell for three consecutive months in August, September, and October before again starting to report builds. The draws were mainly due to the fact that an average 95.3 million barrels per day of petroleum and liquid fuels were consumed globally in October, as estimated by the EIA. The figure indicates that the world was consuming 4.1 million barrels per day more than could be supplied before a second wave of lockdowns swept across the globe. Consumption is certainly trending in the right direction as October was up from both Q3 2020 average of 94 million barrels per day and the Q2 2020 average of 85.3 million barrels per day. While the EIA forecasts are highest at 92.9 million barrels per day for 2020 and 98.8 million barrels per day for 2021, it goes to show that it is nearly impossible to precisely estimate the future of global energy demand in an ever-changing world.
0: So I know that was a a lot of words and a lot of numbers (laughs) we kind of threw out you there, but what's important to note is that as a result of OPEC Plus really coming together to bring all that production off the table, they were bringing those inventories down, which is really the goal of all these production cuts. They want to make sure that those inventories are within that five-year average. What we were seeing is it was working. For three months in a row, global inventories were drawing down, but- with this second wave of lockdowns in both the United States and in Europe, demand is kind of fallen off the table as supply is slowly rising. And unfortunately, the the tables have kind of turned. So that's that's really why this group is coming together, determining, okay, are we planning on going to 5.8 or should we stick at 7.7 for the near term so we can bring further balance into this global market? So, back to that OPEC Plus meeting that was held on November 17th. And during this meeting, they actually considered four scenarios of development to the oil market in 2021. It included various options of crude production cuts, but the group did not come to a consensus on a precise path forward. The first two scenarios suggest oil production cap agreements will be implemented as initially planned. What does this mean? Well, starting January 1st, 2021, OPEC plus nations will restore production by 1.9 million barrels per day. Essentially, the group is only going to be cut down to 5.8 million barrels per day. Under both scenarios, the drawdown in global crude oil stockpiles will continue, but the total will remain well above the five-year average. In the first scenario, which is a milder pandemic effect scenario, oil inventories are projected at 125 million barrels higher in 2021 than the five-year average. For the second scenario, which is a more severe pandemic-effect scenario, inventories are projected at 470 million barrels higher than the five-year average. In both scenarios, the market may face a glut upwards of 1.9 million barrels per day at times, which can lead to occasional builds.
1: The last two scenarios involve extending the production cut agreement by three to six months, causing crude drawdowns to be more significant. Scenario three estimates if the cuts are extended through March to the end of the first quarter, global inventories are expected to only end up being 73 million barrels higher than the five-year average at the end of 2021. In addition, the market will face a deficit of 0.9 million barrels per day on average. In scenario four, if the cuts are extended through Q2 at the end of June, total supply will be just 21 million barrels higher than the five-year average, which translates into a daily supply deficit of 1.4 million barrels per day. Discussions on all four scenarios are aimed at bringing oil stockpiles back to a five-year average in order to create support to an imbalanced market. Although no decisions have been made, most OPEC Plus members agree that extending production cuts for at least three months seems like the most correct course of action. I'm glad they're taking that course of action because I think production cuts from anybody at this point will definitely be
0: helpful. Yeah, so if they continue at 5.8 million barrels per day, it's just... It's not going to bring the the amount of balance that OPEC is looking for with all these production cuts. I mean, we're still seeing that they have the potential to be 470 million barrels above the five-year average uh. at the end of 2021. That's just not quite what they're looking at. But if we extend for three months, only 73 million higher, and another six months, only 21 It, to me, kind of seems like it paints a pretty easy picture for these guys.
1: It does, but it's also easy to say that from the perspective of the U.S. Oh, absolutely. Yeah,
0: keep doing your cuts, everybody. (laughs) Before diving into the logistics behind continuing on their April path or extending production cuts into the future, it is important to understand why OPEC Plus believes the market is still out of balance. But even before that step, the group needs to decide whether or not all parties will commit to the agreement. While participants had nearly a month to prepare for the historic cuts, compliance in May was unsatisfactory for the leaders of the group, many of whom actually pledged additional cuts to support the global supply, demand, imbalance. At a mere 85% compliance in May, the OPEC Plus group has maintained near-perfect compliance to their proposed cuts at 106%, 94%, 97%, and 99% from June through September respectively. October compliance also remained impressively high at 96%. Compensation cuts by 13 producers that have previously violated their quotas remain scant, putting pressure on the alliance to do more to prop up the oil market, which is still reeling from the impact of the coronavirus. According to reports, Russia's cumulative overproduction was seen at 531,000 barrels per day and Iraq at 610,000. Even so, their combined six-month overproduction at just over a million barrels per day doesn't really seem to raise any red flags.
1: With the members of the OPEC Plus group maintaining nearly perfect compliance for the last five months and demand appearing to steadily outpace supply, why does the group wish to extend cuts as demand slowly starts to return to the global stage? Well, a huge reason to extend cuts lies in the accelerated production from countries initially exempt from cuts. When OPEC Plus first agreed to production cuts, three members were excluded from this deal. Due to strict US sanctions severely limiting their production, Iran was exempt from making any additional production cuts, and the socio-political turmoil that has rocked both Libya and Venezuela in recent years granted them reprive as well. Production in Libya was down nearly a million barrels at the start of the global pandemic, as their production dropped from 1.186 million barrels per day last November to 796,000 barrels per day in January 2020, before slipping to a mere 82,000 barrels per day in June. While still exempt from any production cuts, Libyan oil production has now reached 1.215 million barrels per day in mid-November. Even more problematic, Libya demands to continue to be exempt from the production cuts until its production stabilizes, around 1.7 million barrels per day. This reality has added nearly a million barrels per day into the global production mix at a time when OPEC Plus is desperately trying to remove barrels from the market.
0: Unfortunately, Iran is reported to have exported 1.5 million barrels per day of its crude in September, which amounts to 68% of its pre-sanctioned exports. Yet a U.S. congressional report was boasting that U.S. sanctions have caused Iranian crude exports to decline to an estimated 227,000 barrels per day. While unconfirmed, combined with Libya, these two OPEC members are creating a headache for the entire group as their total increased output nearly equals what the other members of the group are attempting to bring back to the market in the next month. Luckily for the global production picture, it does not look like the situation in Venezuela is getting any better, and there is little to no hope their production will return before the world recovers from the global pandemic.
1: The second major reason for a production cut extension has to do with one of the most powerful members of OPEC+, Plus, Saudi Arabia. On November 17th, Saudi Aramco raised $8 billion from the sale of US dollar-denominated bonds, to meet a dividend pledge to shareholders, earlier this month the company posted a 45% fall in net income for the third quarter, generating free cash flow of only 12.4 billion, only compared with the roughly 18.75 billion it requires every three months to meet its dividend pledge. Ramco pledged last year to pay an annual 75 billion dollar dividend to shareholders to lure them into an initial public offering. And now the financial position of the world's largest oil producer has darkened as it contends with a fall in crude prices caused by the pandemic.
0: By investigating Saudi Aramco's Q3 production data, the media team at Rare Petro has estimated the average Brent price needed to break even on their dividend obligation. We estimate that if Saudi Aramco continues to produce on average of 8.982 million barrels per day during the fourth quarter, which would constitute a production cut extension – An average Brent price of $49.86 per barrel is required to cover their dividend payments. With Brent crude spot prices averaging a mere $40 per barrel in October, which is down actually a dollar per barrel from the average in September, prices need to start climbing rapidly if Saudi wants to make their dividend payments. Unfortunately, the EIA expects high global oil inventory levels and a surplus crude oil production capacity is going to limit upward pressure on prices. These assumptions mean Brent prices will remain near $40 per barrel through the end of 2020. That being said, the EIA also expects that as global demand rises, forecast inventory draws in 2021 will cause some upward pressure on oil prices, which could raise the average above $47 per barrel in 2021. Therefore, the only way Brent prices can climb to levels where Saudi can make their dividend payment is to control global oil production inventories by extending OPEC Plus cuts.
1: Lastly, let's chat about Russia. Russia, who is not a member of OPEC, turned out to be one of the first countries in the world to come to the conclusion about the need for cooperation between oil-producing countries and came up with an initiative to start negotiations with key oil-producing countries. With their cooperation, the OPEC Plus Group has made historic production cuts in 2020. Through October, Russia was committed to increasing their production to support the national economy. According to Russia's Minister of Energy, Alexander Novak, "...the fuel and energy sectors provide a comfortable existence for the world's population and opportunities for the development of the world economy. Therefore, in the face of global challenges and a constantly changing world, it is extremely important to combine the efforts of countries to maintain a balance in this industry." Russia realized that international cooperation is the path to energy security of the planet, but remained optimistic that they would be able to gradually ease production cuts from January as planned, despite surging coronavirus cases in many countries.
0: According to Novak, quote, Despite the second wave of the pandemic in a number of countries, my colleagues and I continue to be optimistic and expect that we can gradually raise production as per the agreement without harming the market, end quote. Unfortunately, the impact on energy demand relating to movement restrictions from a second wave of the COVID-19 pandemic is forcing them to reconsider. After the meeting on November 17th, it became clear that Russia was leading the charge in an attempt to bring balance to the market. In a meeting release provided by OPEC, Russia and the 13-member OPEC Plus group came to a consensus that extending production cuts would be the most beneficial action of the group, regardless of the negative impacts the move would make on various national economies.
1: So I think Russia, they're right. In a perfect world, it would be great if we could all work together. To manage a global portfolio and see what we're doing. But we've got too many special cases with the war in Libya, the sanctions on Iran, Venezuela struggling with Maduro, Saudi Arabia looking to at least stay afloat, the U.S. looking to stay afloat. I mean, we're all hurting.
0: Yeah, exactly. And that's really why this OPEC Plus group is coming together to really reconsider because that 13-member group, they are hurting a lot. You know, they brought off, you know, 9.7 million barrels of production back at the peak of the pandemic down to 7.7. They're currently at 7.7. Everyone wants to drop to 5.8 so they can get the much-needed revenues from, you know, oil and gas. But the problem is, if they bring too much to the table too quickly, that's just going to tank prices. And the potential is actually worse than them just maintaining (laughs) at that 5.8. Yeah.
1: There is no denying global oil demand is on the rebound, and unfortunately, it is going to be slowed by a new round of lockdowns gripping the United States and Europe during the second wave of the global pandemic. As discussed in our previous opinion piece, fearing the second wave, it is unlikely these new government mandates will have as disastrous of an effect on the global oil and gas industry compared to the first wave. It will certainly slow progress towards balancing oversupply and reaching pre-pandemic levels of global petroleum consumption. This is precisely the reality OPEC Plus is coming to terms with. They came together earlier this year to make historic cuts to bring balance to oil markets, and their actions certainly saved an energy industry on the brink of collapse. Now, with national economies relying on the much-needed oil revenues, the group is struggling
0: with the decision to
1: continue to limit production.
0: The problem lies with producers outside the group who are taking advantage of crude being pulled off the market and producing at will. Regardless of the fact that global oil demand is currently outpacing supply, or at least it was for a time being, this trend will not continue for much longer. With Libya and Iran producing unrestricted, US production slowly ramping up, a second wave of lockdowns hampering demand growth, and Saudi Aramka falling short of revenue required in their Q3 for their dividend payment, OPEC Plus would not benefit from continued depressed prices. Rare Petro expects OPEC Plus to continue cutting 7.7 million barrels per day instead of lowering the benchmark to 5.8 come January. This prediction will be tested when a final decision is announced after their next meeting on November 30th and December 1st. No matter how many barrels of oil the production cut extension actually removes from the market, any move by OPEC Plus to keep production cuts above 5.8 million barrels per day beyond January should be received favorably and may give some life to oil prices. And that is the end of the
1: episode. Did you enjoy it? Of course you did. Let us know how much you enjoyed it by leaving a review, emailing Kevin and I at podcast at rarepetro.com, and just generally let us know what's going on. We'd love to hear from you guys. We'd love to hear what content you are interested in us reviewing. So thanks for joining us, and until next time, take care, everybody.
0: Gobble, gobble. We'll see you next week.